Welcome to Preston's Super Show. News, sports, and a whole lot more. It's the Super Show, baby. Warning. This show contains material that is only suited for patriotic audiences and people who have a backbone. If you like God, guns, and glory, you're listening to the right show. Sit back or carry on and enjoy Preston's Super Show. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the show. Thanks for joining me. Preston Super Show. A few things I want to touch on today. It's been a little bit. Hasn't been too long. You haven't missed me anyways. No, who cares? First thing I want to talk about. Coinbase IPO. What do you think? Well, you're listening for what I think. So, let me tell you. I think it's good. I think it's good in general for altcoins as you see various runs right now Harmony it's ticker symbol 1 Raven coins ticker symbol RVN you're seeing all of these altcoins getting these juice runs right now very nice it's impressive it's putting cryptocurrency center stage and it's helping the stock market. See, stock market is up. It's Thursday. It's a beautiful day. What can you say? We have a Biden-Harris regime destroying the lives of millions, running up the bills for your kids and your grandkids, what do we get in return? We get called stupid. We get called idiots. We get called some type of cult. You just can't be someone that disagrees with their side. With their identity politics. Life goes fast. Joe Biden hasn't hindered anything. I have tried to do but he has entered millions of people me personally I live in a blue dog democrat run democrat controlled iron fisted state where for some reason I, I just don't know these people don't have anywhere to go this is the, the last stop I don't know, but they're here, and uh, the politicians here are very vicious in the Democrat Party. They don't want to be your friend, they want to be your ally, and I'm not talking about local municipalities, I'm talking about a state level, they wouldn't. They don't want to be your friend. They're not fighting for you, they're not fighting for your values. You don't want to go through life not knowing who's in charge, and not knowing who's calling the shots. It's true, what's done in the dark will come to the light. But who will bring it 
if God chooses us and we don't answer him. So we have to keep a keen eye, a watchful eye for the snakes in the grass that continue to tempt us. We now shift our attention to something very important. I mean, this is huge. There's a coin on Coinbase, actually. And so, you know, when something's on Coinbase, it has major backers. All right, class? So listen up. Scale coin, ticker symbol SKL, is listed on Coinbase. I've been watching this coin since its original launch on Coinbase. March 11th, scale coin uh, has been in existence since December 2nd, 2020. It's a fairly new coin. It climbed up to 77 cents. And it caught my eye before that when it was in around hovering around the high 60s, mid 60s. But then it got up to 77 cents. It looked like it once once it becomes a dollar, I, I consider it established. And many people do. When you see something's a dollar or more, you consider that to be established, and there's actually some there's there's a lot more value to it. It's not always true, but that is what a lot of people look at, in, in, uh, especially in uh, the crypto market. Scalecoin has been in that 70 cent range since coming to Coinbase after the initial launch. Then it dropped down, got a little rocky, when, but not too rocky because it stayed at, at, a, at a good 60 at a good 60 cent level. But it has backers. Has a huge circulating supply. 60, 660 million scale coins. Come on. So you're telling me 660 million scale coins are uh, circulating? And it has a reserve of 4.21 billion scale coins? The demand has picked up. And with a supply that large? Scalecoin checks all the boxes for a solid growth token in my portfolio. But before I went and actually hodled Scalecoin, there's a few things I had to do. There's a few things I want you to understand before you go and hodl cryptocurrency, whether it's Scalecoin or whatever coin. That'd be a nice coin. Whatever coin. Boom, there you go. Understand how it works. I mean, they can't say it enough. And I know you got to be thinking that. Hey, I have to understand how this coin works. Where, where is it coming from? Why, why do, why is it being sought after? Decentralized networks are in full swing right now. That's how I'm going to premise my statement. Performance. Usability, cost effectiveness, continue to be the focal point for decentralized networks. Competitiveness and ability to attract clients is where Scalecoin comes into play. Bringing the application-specific architecture to developers on sophisticated networks such as Ethereum. 
to provide that type of service, you need a great team. You need great management. You need resources. You need time. Scalecoin has that. I looked into this, this their team. I looked into their management. This is a fantastic team. This is a good group of people. This is a diverse group I've ever seen, if that matters to you. So to provide that service, I like this team. But for me to really put my hard-earned dollars behind something, especially a token in the cryptocurrency marketplace, God! I need to see an edge. Give me something. That's where skill coin gives you an edge in this massive market. Talk about the gas fees. You're moving cryptos around. Ethereum. Bitcoin. The gas fees are going to eat you up. They're going to eat you up, son. Have fun with that. XRP has been really the only standout. Tether's been good. Uh, now that XRP's been lifted from the SEC charges, you know, I, I feel great about XRP. XRP's awesome. It's a freaking banker's token. I love it. I don't think there's anything wrong with it. The SEC cleared it. They said they're sorry. You know what I'm saying? So what else can happen now? Uh, it can only go up, and that's what it's done since being cleared by the SEC. So, with Scalecoin, powering these decentralized networks on the Ethereum network, for, for the example, we'll use the Ethereum network. On that network, can bring the gas fees down. You've seen Ethereum on a run. We've all seen it. We've all been witness to the run Ethereum is on. Give credit where credit's due. It sat for a while. But then it picked up, baby, and it picked up quick. So the bulls are running in the crypto market, and they're running 24-7. These bulls don't get tired. Like your grandfather's stock market. These aren't that... However, treat a token like a stock for the most part. Having scale coin is multifaceted. There's a lot of things you can do with a token as opposed to stock. Sure, I like stocks. I have a bunch of stonks. They're going way up. You just got to do your own work. I like cryptos better. I like the crypto market better. I like the cryptocurrency and the culture around it, and I don't like to use that word, culture, culture, vulture, but that culture around crypto and cryptocurrency is solid, and it's good for growth, and it's positive, and it's not skepticism. We don't like that on the Super Show. We don't like the skeptics. Get them out of here. Booting their asses out. If you have skill tokens, okay, let me break this down for you so it makes sense. You're making money by having those skill tokens. Goes up with the market. Goes up how the coin goes. 
points going up uh, and has plenty of room for growth. Tons of potential. Great team behind it. So people are on this network. They're running nodes, earning free tokens from scale. So that's protecting you against inflation right there. That move right there protects you against inflation and it's being overlooked and it's not being talked about. Everybody wants to show you a little bit of flash. Everybody wants to show you a little bit of flair. Everybody wants to look at this. Look over here. Look at this. The distractors and the detractors have to go. Scale token allows you to be a delegator. Delegating those tokens to validators who are running those nodes. Then you're earning the rewards on top of your scale token. It's going up with the market. Ooh, the bulls are out. Might have to take a recess. I'll be right back after this. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Sounds good, right? There are a lot of places you can host your podcast. Those other podcast hosting sites love to make you pay, thinking they're doing you a favor. Not at Anchor. Folks, this is free. None of Anchor's competitors make distribution and monetization as seamless as Anchor does. I predict Anchor to be the face of podcasting in the next five years. If you're an experienced podcaster or a newcomer, doesn't make a difference. Get your show on Anchor today. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Again, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Thank you for hanging through the break. I really appreciate that. I actually make a little bit of uh, lunch money for that. So thanks for the lunch money. I'm going to have the big sandwich on the audience, on you, the audience. You just bought me a sandwich. Thank you. Thank you for that delicious sandwich. One last thing about Scale Token, and we'll move on, class. Scale Token. And I, oh man, I really like the Scale Token. Wow. This is a fun one. This is a fun one, not to get confused with ticker symbol fun. Scale token is spent by developers to rent scales resources. So I've given you three different scenarios in where scale tokens being used. Mining, staking, and oh, people in the back, someone in the back. Someone in the back, please. Scale resources being bought by the developers. Thank you. So scale token. And the team, this wonderful team, this magnificent team, it's like a freaking unicorn. 
came out of freaking nowhere, showed up on Coinbase. Coinbase is an IPO. They're running through the streets. They're running through the streets. Ah, they're running. Ah, they're running through the streets. Woo! I give them my full endorsement. Book it up. Full endorsement. And again, do your own homework. I'm not a licensed uh, uh, trader, investor, broker. Do your own homework. Consult with a professional advisor before taking any risk in the market. We continue down the path of a few more crypto points for today's lesson. Don't let it consume your time. Don't let it consume who you are. Understand that you can buy things, put things in place. Let those things sit over time. Remove yourself from the controversy, which is the market going up and down. Remove yourself. That's what that's what hodlers do. I myself am a hodler. I buy cryptos, I hold them. I love to do it, it's fun. And I make money doing it. But don't let it uh, take up all your cash flow. You want to be building up that cash. You'll be making smart decisions. You want to be even building up your credit a little bit if you think that is the right path for you. If you're someone that thinks, I can do this without worrying about credit, more power to you. Absolutely. Uh, I support that too. Because I'm not going to get in the way of what you're doing. Because I don't want anybody to get in the way of what I'm doing. But get a grip. And then talk to me. That's what I would say. Now, we look at scale token. We look at it. We like it. I'm enamored by it. But there's another token on my mind. It's another token. It's not getting any credit. It's not getting any uh, respect. No one's putting any respect on this token. I don't understand that. And you'll understand when I talk a little bit about this token. But VeChain. I'm still not hearing a lot about VeChain, but it's up to 18 cents. Here's a token. I found laying around at two cents. And now it's up to 18 cents in three months' time. Even a little bit less. Three months, a little bit less from when I found it. When it caught my eye, it made sense. It's a chip that goes in the shoe. People can walk up, scan the chip, see if it's authentic. Huge in the sneaker community, huge for sneaker heads. You don't have to worry about evaluations, this, that. It's a product and it's a good one. And it's already built in. So who's behind it? Well, they get Kevin Hart to be one of their sponsors. They get these other exchanges and other coins to come and back them. Because one thing that I notice, not to get too far off the point, but this kind of blends in well with it. And that is 
CEOs and executives like to be at odds with other companies, keep that competitive nature. Uh, sometimes even making con- uh, comments that are disparaging and saying different things in interviews that they may be able to gain an edge over their competitor. In. But the one thing I noticed about crypto is there's no coin attacking another coin. There's no team going after another team. There's no people butting heads over who can dominate where because there's so much time, so much resources, and so much money flowing in and out that there's no need to worry about any of that. So instead, these tokens get behind each other. Now you do see tokens that move against other tokens, but that's not because they don't the team that those teams are against each other or they're out there doing interviews making those type of remarks. That's just simply because of the nature of the market. And it's a very volatile one. But it's also filled with bulls. And one thing that it's very hard to do in this crypto market right now is be a bear. Very hard to be a bear in this crypto market. Stock market, it's a it's one of the best times of your life to be a bear in the stock market. People, I'm seeing it all the time, making tons of money shorted penny stocks. I've seen it all the time. I don't play those games. I want to see companies do well. I want to see people make money off these stocks. I want to see these stocks go to the freaking moon. Call up the freaking landing pad. We got one ready for you with VeChain. And I'm a big believer in scale. You know it. You heard it here. You'll remember this podcast. You'll show your friends. You'll come back and listen to it. And you'll say, Preston was breaking it down about scale. He was letting people know before it took off. And if you choose to get in that rocking ship, that's up to you. But I'll tell you what. I'm going to try to learn how to uh, fly the damn rocket ship by the time we get off the landing because I'm ready for scale. I'm ready for V-Chain. And these two tokens, I'm strong believer. We have the Democrat Party in the United States that continues to hammer the stock market, that continues to scare away investors. Not a fan of Federal Reserve Chair Jerome Powell. I'm not a fan of Treasury Secretary Yannick Yellen. Not a fan. Won't be joining that club. And you could even say I'm a little bit annoyed by them. One thing I don't like is people that get a job in the government and milk it. I see that with the Federal Reserve Chair. I see that with the Treasury Secretary. And I've seen that for a while. It's not new. It's been going on for a long time. Don't think I just woke up with all this all-knowing, all-being. No, it's been going on for a while, but it's getting serious. 
It's getting more serious than ever. The money the Biden administration is spending can cripple this country from future endeavors and future growth. And in an instant, the bull market can be pulled right out from under us, whether it's stonks, your favorite stonks, your favorite tokens. Doesn't matter. So the people have to speak up, get involved, get out and vote. Local elections, statewide, gubernatorial, and on the national landscape in the general elections. Get involved. Don't fall behind. It's good to make money. But it's better to be informed because being informed pays. You can take that to the bank. You heard it here in the Super Show. We're moving into an interesting time. A devastating time for some states. But the Biden administration will not comment on it. Businesses that have been shuttered. Lives ruined. Families torn apart. The sick. Struggling to get help. That is the Biden-Harris regime. You look at the southern border. And it's a damn shame. Both my grandfathers are turning in their grave over what's happening to this country. You stand there and you look. What can you do about it? It's frustrating. And I know it is. Because I put, I tried my best to put myself in those shoes. You can't, but you can get somewhat of a, a picture, of an image. Something to hold on to. When you understand that maybe it's not happening in your backyard, better damn believe it's happening down the road or it's happening somewhere else because it is. You don't need CBS, NBC, ABC, and the rest to tell you. Look for your damn self. It's time to get smart. It's time to get wise to these things. Time to start, you know, time to stop playing around fun the social media is fun that's good what a good laugh that was great time killer that was they know all my information all my history all my data everybody i talked to that was wonderful stealing my facial recognition and selling it off to someone in korea who the hell knows and people don't care they continue to go and use services like tiktok the president, Trump, warned you about. Warned you China was behind TikTok. Warned you China was using your information in a way that you wouldn't find very well, uh, well liked. But time goes on. We continue to see things change and evolve. Except people are becoming slower to evolve. And that's a problem. I don't know if that's a problem with fathers out of their child's life. I don't know if that's a problem with the family structure being torn apart. I assume it's a combination of that 
and religion being stepped all over and people not having faith and keeping faith walking living doing their best having a bad day but not letting that bad day turn into a bad week not letting that bad moment turn into something nasty that's how you stay above that's how you continue down a path that is righteous there's no one better equipped to do it than you and I you have to be nice to those people who don't like it. it's the only way it's the only way if you can do that if you can make that adjustment it's going to be beautiful it's going to be beautiful for you you will have so much glory you will have so much joy and you'll be able to give it to God Almighty it's important to understand these things I'm telling you you may wonder from time to time how having faith or keeping faith is going to help you but when you have it it goes without saying and if you don't you won't understand We must continue down the journey and the path that's laid out for us. Continue to win, be humble, be honest. There's no celebration where there is work. There is no glory where there is no work. You have to continue to fight for decency. The Democrats will have you believe that it's only the Republicans that can hurt you. What they don't understand is the accuser of thy brother, Zion. And they will continue to be the enemy until major changes are made within the Democrat Party, the Democrat construct. I reject Marxism. I reject socialism, I reject communism in all forms and I will have none of it on the super shell conservative principles faith based knowledge being a worldly observer that's what I'm about that's what you will get on the super shell you get to wherever you are, bike ride, at a burger shop, hanging out at the YM freaking CA, you can load up that super show. You got to know that time's ticking. It's going fast. You need to make the right decisions for you and your family. Do it now. Don't wait. Don't be apologetic. If you make a mistake, just keep it moving. Don't walk around. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Don't walk around. Whoa, it's me. I'm sorry. Didn't mean it. Oh, no. Keep going. Keep pushing. It's interesting to see how these trials are playing out now. 
George Floyd. Just interesting to see how you're getting all of this thrown at you at once. Stirring up those old emotions. Stirring up those bitter feelings. And I believe that's what a lot of the media is doing right now. I believe they're stoking the coals. I believe that there's people that want to cater to that. That mindset. That victim mindset. And that's what the news industries are really pushing for right now. What they're looking for. They're looking to capitalize and make money off of George Floyd's death. Sick, it's twisted, but it's not the first time the news industry has done this. Then I mean the mainstream industry, but also a lot of alternative outlets have also went rogue and they're just reporting on anything because you won't get anything out of the Biden administration. So I really don't fault them too much, but I just believe that catering to that mindset of people that want to hear about the doom and gloom is not a good place to be. But there is a time for a reality check. You can't go through life on a high without a reality check. Because then when you do get a reality check that you weren't prepared for, it's going to be very hard to deal with it. Because you've been riding that high for so long. You haven't felt adversity. You haven't thought about adversity. It's not a good place to be. Not a good, not a good mindset either. You got to continue to fight through whatever you're going through. Hell yeah, it's going to be tough. Hell yeah, it's going to be hard. But then you're going to be way better from it. Condition your mind. Mental fitness. Open up that brain. See what what you can really do. See what you can really make of yourself after you get done listening to this show. Let's see what you're made of. Let's see what you can do. Because someone's always watching. That person that's always watching is God. But I like to think there's always somebody watching outside of me. Maybe that's the way you should think too to help motivate yourself. They'll push through those bad days. Because we're all going to deal with them. We're all going to go through them. But don't compound those problems. We have a lot of sports going on. What do you think? What does is, what is, uh, the Super Show audience think about the NBA right now? What do we think? I mean, you know. Just having some fun now. I'm just having some fun. We're getting to the end of the show. I'm just having some fun. I don't want to get too heavy. Keeping things light today. Keeping things light. Light. I think right now you're looking at two power teams. And you're looking at two potential and realistic 
power teams. And I would say my first team I like is the Jazz. I think they're going to be hard to beat. I think now Donovan Mitchell's been to the playoffs a few times. He's had some success. Rudy Gobert is solid. Role players are there. They have the shooters on the wings. They're a good team in the Utah Jazz. Talk about uh, the other team I like that I thought was a power team, but then they just lost. Uh, I believe it was Jamal Murray. He's the Nuggets. I believe they just lost him to a season injury. And I still think with Jokic, fuck, I don't know. I mean, maybe with Jokic, you can still get to the championship. You can probably get beat. Well, Michael Porter Jr. is good, though. He's coming on strong. He's got the right Gatorade right now. He's got the right fucking Gatorade right now. That dude does. Will Barton, he's playing like a man possessed. And at his age, you still got great pace. Great pace. Still knows how to push up the court. And uh, Aaron Gordon kind of looks like, like, sometimes I watch him and I'm like, yeah, he looks, it looks good. And sometimes I look at him, it looks like a fish out of water. But I like him. I think he's a good fit. I just think it's going to be even more difficult for him to fit into that offense uh, in the long term. Like, right away, teams have success usually after the trade deadline. Like, you, you just kind of play. It's just like pickup ball because you're just getting used to your teammates. Like the Bulls were doing great at first with Daniel Thies. Now they're fucking. Every game is like a fucking uphill battle. Right back to, you know, fighting uphill battle every game. And, you know, when you talk about the Bulls, you talk about Zach Levine. Now you're talking about Vukovic. You're getting him from the Magic, which is huge. Could save that franchise potentially because <laughs> that franchise is looking so shitty. Just a bunch of young guys every year. Just like, what a. Whatever college guys that were are good and just never make it in the pros, they just come to the Bulls. When we finally get Vukovic, it's like an established vet. This guy's been around for freaking a, a hot minute, and he's playing with Zach Levine, and they just it just doesn't look right right now. It's just not going to look right for a while. But Levine's been coming on strong, and like I'm fifty fifty on Zach Levine. I think the Bulls, I always say it, I, I think the Bulls got hustled getting him. But then again, it's hard It's hard to say outside looking in. But outside looking in, my the way I'm seeing it is we got hustled with that Zach Levine deal. I mean, he's good for a few, a few games in a row and then sometimes not even that. And he's a, when he's firing, he's firing, man. And he does some things with basketball when he goes into the lane. It's just special. Very special. But there's a lot of guys like that. I mean, I'm, I'm grateful he's on the Bulls because, you know, he's been rocking that Bulls uniform. It looks good, you know. And he, he's making the Bulls uniform proud. But I just don't see that. I don't. The Bulls aren't going to be a championship team with this rock in the next year or two. And we're already behind. Like, since Michael Jordan left, we've just been behind. 
and I just, you know, when you look at the East too, it's sad because the East is always so wide open opposed to the West. But now it's it's so wide open, but we're still so far out. But I do think with Vukovic, it helps us. Uh, it helps us a great deal. And it's fun to watch. But we're a big team. We're a really big team. Like, when our second unit comes out there, Kobe White looks like a freaking midget, man. Like, it's it's that serious now with this team we got. And it's crazy. But I, I just I just see it being that way for a little, you know, the rest of this year. It's going to be that way for sure. But then you go into next year and you're like, well, there's going to be moves. Guys are getting moved around. Because, yes, Daniel Thies is good, but he's not a starter for the Bulls. You don't want to start that guy. Hell, the Celtics weren't going to keep him. Why do we want to put him to starting? I don't know. He needs to come off the bench. And then I like these. I like these as a role player. Yeah, I think he's got solid, solid role playing skills. But you got to have bigs. You got to have the right bigs. And he's a good rebounder. That's just like, it's like the one thing about Daniel Thies I like. Like, you look at Kobe White and you're just like, he. you're just not hitting shit right now. Bro, you're just not making anything right now. And then when you are making stuff, it's really close to the basket. You ain't no jumpers right now, man. And uh, that's been killing the Bulls, too. And then they couldn't get a, even beat the Magic. It was just like, what the fuck? The hell? The hell was that? Um, so it was the Nuggets as the second power team. Get back on that path. But now I'm saying it's the Bucks with a healthy Giannis. Even the 76ers you could throw in that discussion. I just worry about them down the stretch because I don't see the clutch gene in these guys. or I don't see the, the clutch in these guys. I'm not seeing it. I don't know how that's going to play out with the 76ers, but it feels like Joel Embiid does a, has a great freaking year. And then what the heck is going on? You know what I mean? Like, can we get some help? And I like Tobias Harris. You can't count on him every game. Get you 30, 40 points. You know, he, he will get 30 or 40 points. He's not going to do it every game. You know, Joel Embiid's going to go touch 30. He's going to go over. He's going to go... Every game is going to be going hard like that. It's just a different type of athlete. It's just the way he's blessed. And it's the same thing with Giannis. It's just the way he's blessed. But it's also the offense is flowing through him that way. And that's part of it as well. But no, it's uh, there's definitely talent, a lot of talent involved in that. But you look at a lot of teams that fell off, like the Warriors. They're right, playing tonight against Cleveland. You just look at that Warriors team. You're like, where did they go wrong? Where did they go? And the funny thing about that Warriors team is like, you look at them. It's like, okay, they came in with this Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, Andre Iguodala. Was just like basically in like the last part of his prime. Uh, and his defense was on man he he was killing it defending guys swatting shots stealing the ball grabbing the boards on the uh, defensive side he, he was 
Um, uh, in those runs the Warriors were having. But I just look at this Warriors team now and I'm like, this doesn't even look as good as the Warriors team with Mark Davis. You know what I mean? This doesn't even look as good as the Warriors team uh, with hell. Uh, whatever his name was before Steph Curry was there. I mean, it, it just doesn't look as good. Man. And it's it's not Steph Curry's fault. But one thing I notice about a lot of guys is once they start getting injured, depending on the injury, but once they start getting injured, then it seems, for a lot of guys, that seems to be the norm. And then it's hard to get back to where they ever were again. And Steph Curry... He's right where he needs to be, but I still feel like, and I could be wrong, but I feel like the best days of Steph Curry are behind him. I'm not going to be the guy that's down and all these guys and shit, but I look at that, him, I look at his situation, where he's at. I don't know, man. I I feel like he's going to have good years. I feel like he's going to have bad year, personally. I just feel like he's like those those championship days, those runs where he was just couldn't be stopped. We haven't seen that. That hasn't been back. You're not gonna get it this year. They're way too far out. And they don't have the studs. You know, with it's you know, having Wiggins is nice. Don't get me wrong. But there's a reason even LeBron didn't want Wiggins. There's a reason for that. It's something about championship. Going after championships. Gotta have the right guys. People may not understand why do they have this dude. What the hell? It's because he does his job well. They're asking him to do something. He's going to doing it. That's the key for these teams that win championships. They got guys that are doing it right. Go back to the Spurs. When they uh, beat LeBron and that, that Cavs team. Worse or uh, I believe yeah, it was LeBron that Cavs team. What it was LeBron, I believe it was LeBron that Cavs team where they beat him worse than they beat any uh war they got beat worse than any team in history. Point wise in a finals game. That shit didn't happen to Jordan. Jordan did never go to the finals and lose, and Jordan did never go to the finals and get beat. Worse than anybody else in history. Not even during his time. Didn't happen. Didn't happen. But LeBron's the best of our time. And people say he's the greatest of all time. Okay. The greatest of all time went to the championship. Got beat worse than anybody ever in history. How the hell is that the greatest of all time? I'm just saying. Yeah, he went. He won. Yeah, he did win. Yep, he won. He won. But how the hell are you greatest of all time? You went there, got beat worse than anybody ever got beat. You didn't beat anybody uh, worse than you got beat. So that hasn't happened yet. That'd be something. But that ain't what happened. So when people talk about Jordan and LeBron, it's a lot more in scratches the surface. It's a lot more than pulling up stats. It's a lot deeper than that. And especially it's a time difference too, right? There's an overlap. There's a lot of people that grew up, caught a little bit of Jordan. 
now they're doing a lot of the talking on these shows and all this stuff. There's also a lot of older people, and they've seen LeBron, and they're enamored by him, which is oh, that's fine. I'm not saying that's wrong. I'm just saying that okay, I understand. But then they for, they they forget too about Jordan, and they forget about how the game was different. The rules were different. Uh, everything shit was different, man. Everything to the sneakers was different. It wasn't the same basketball game. And also, everybody had a guy, man. Everybody, every team had a guy that could beat you on any night. That guy, he could take the will out of a team. Every guy, go back and look. Go back and pull up. Look at every year Jordan wins a championship. Every team had a guy on that team. That could beat Jordan or any any team any night if that guy got hot. It ain't like that now. It's not. It is not like that now. It is not like that. And uh, that's another reason the game is not what it used to be. It's a fast game. It's a fun game. They show you a lot of flash. They show you a lot of flair. They get you caught up in the moment. I'm so excited. Oh, my God. It's the best thing ever. That's what they want. <laughs> you gave them just what they wanted. For me, I sit back and I look and I say, that's good. But I can't wait to see what's next. You know what I mean? I, like, I want to see what's next now. Now, nah, I'm, go- I'm good with that. That was cool. I'm not going to sit there and soak it up. and Oh, wow. I'm so, wow. That was so great. No, no, no. If it's great, it's going gonna, it's gonna to shine through. I don't need to keep uh, hammering on it. And that's what people do with LeBron. They keep hammering on how great he is. But you don't have to hammer on how great Jordan was. Jordan just went out there and bust that ass. And sometimes, guys get pissed off because Jordan talk a lot of shit. Brown don't talk shit. Brown don't say much. He talks to his teammates. But he don't talk to the opponents much. Actually, he kind of shies away from it. Which is crazy for being a six foot eight, two fifty, forty pound guy. I don't know what the hell's up with that, but yeah, he shies away from talking to the guy. But Jordan did. Shit, Jordan was six six. Jordan wasn't no punk. Jordan, get up in a get up in a motherfucker's face, man. Don't you know what I mean? You seen the little documentaries and shit. Jordan was hot. You wouldn't go fuck around like that. And he was the one that would start shit. That's what people don't understand. Jordan's there. He's starting the shit. You you watching this? He's starting it. So Jordan was never scared. And that was the thing. Kill or be killed. When you step on that court, there was a different mentality. The game was funny. Because the players themselves were taking it so serious. And it was real. It was authentic. It was raw. Now, a motherfucker, motherfucker gets dunked on. They shake his hand. Man, that was great. You dunk on me, I'll push your ass right out of my way. Get the fuck out of here. So that's where the games change. And people don't even understand that too. Like, guy just hit a three ball right in your face and you come up to it. Man, you're so great. That was awesome. Man, that's not that's not this. It's the pros, baby. I'm here to bust your ass. And after we get done, I'll come and shake your hand. But ain't gonna be all this love and dove and hug and shit. See, that's where the game really changed to me. 
So I'm thinking, yeah, man, you're good. You, you're the man. You know, I used to uh, play football in high school. A couple times after the game, someone will come up to me. Man, that was good. You were good. You were good out there. You were great out there. Whatever. Someone from the other team, you know, someone I was up against or something like that. You were good, man. That, you know, they couldn't get past me or whatever. They wanted to respect. They want to show respect. So I'm all about respect. I know what that feels like. And I know what it is to give that. But I know what it is to get it too. And you felt like, damn, I was, you know, beating this dude's ass all day. He's trying to get past me to get to the quarterback. But instead, I'm putting his ass on the ground. And now he can't do nothing all day. And all day, his life's a living hell. And then he comes up to me and said, man, that was great. You were good out there. So I understand that. But he wasn't saying that shit during the game. He would come up to me uh, right after I put him on his ass and say, oh, man, that was great. No, I would shake his hand or picking him up. That ain't my job. Get your ass up. You're out here to play against me, not play with me. You know what I'm saying? So the competitive nature has changed, too. So that's why I also think LeBron's reign has been as big as it has been. Because the competitive nature in a lot of guys as they fall into the trap again too friendly. And that's what that's what some players do. They log you in that trap getting friendly. Now you're off your game while wow, they're getting hot. Because they're just they're just no matter what, they weren't even thinking about it. They're just flowing. But uh there's like eight or nine teams. Right now in the NBA, eight or nine teams that are really shit. That's a lot. That's not. That's a lot. That's not good. How the hell? Eight or nine teams. And you guys are pros and the teams are not good. There's just not enough talent to go around. There's just not enough talent to go around. It's just that's what's happened. There's guys that are that are pros. Yes. But there's not guys that are stars. Not a bunch of guys like that. Each team's got a guy that can potentially go off. That is true. But each team doesn't have a guy that can beat you on any night. Because if that was the case, this this league would look a lot different. I do think you could get back to that. But it's not about if. It's about Wayne and Willard, honestly. Because sometimes you'll be watching, too, and be like, this is just bad basketball. You know what I mean? Or this is just like, I'm, you know, even watching Kobe in his last, you know, his last year still fucking killing it. And he's going up against, I remember, never forget this game. Kobe's battling. Battling. Steve Nash, Steve Nash last fucking year, and uh, they're dueling Phoenix versus the Lakers, and I, I'm like, man, Kobe's just finished this off. It's like fourth quarter. Phoenix didn't really look like they were in it. They looked like they were fading a little bit. So Kobe's gonna finish this off, and he starts nailing big shots, getting to the free throw line. Coming down the court, got to move on. All of a sudden, here comes Steve Nash. And he's throw the ball here. Guy makes the ball. Throw the guy over here. You on the wing. Knock it down. 
Now some were tired of like 50 seconds. Left. Clock's ticking down. We're like, oh shit. I remember my friends that were watching this game. I'm like, oh shit. Phoenix just came back on them. This game goes all the way double, triple overtime. I'm like, oh shit. Those were those moments. Those were those games that you got. Those those chills of your spine down. These guys, you're looking at guys and you're like, I don't know who the hell this dude was, you know, playing off the bench for the Phoenix Suns. Who the hell are you? I've never heard of you. Do you even have a basketball card? Like, I don't know who the hell you are. But they were knocking it down that night. And those were the games where you had Phoenix Suns. They got a guy, Steve Nash. He'll go off. They got a guy, Drew Bryan. He'll go off. Now, Steve Nash wasn't going to go off that late in his career. But on that night, he did. That was a special game. I'll never forget that game. Watching Kobe Bryant, Steve Nash do it out. It was a beautiful, that's a beautiful thing to remember. It's a beautiful thing to remember. And uh, I'll tell you one thing too. The competitive nature. You can see it in Kobe Bryant's life. Man, that was awesome. That was bitter. That was just, it's just bittersweet to talk about him. Because it's sweet, you know, because on, on the one hand, you're like, wow, I actually got to witness Kobe Bryant playing basketball for as long as I did. And then on the better part, you're like, we died in the way we did. We got it. It's bittersweet. It's, 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 hard to, it's hard to comprehend because you just think of how precious life is. You think of how precious every moment is. You think about... I can do this better. I can do that better. I need to change some things around. Because one thing about human nature is we don't understand things until tragedy happens. So not only did Kobe Bryant give us all these great memories, all these great basketball memories, and all these great uh, life life tips, and all this great stuff, but he also humbled us and gave us a look at how we could be better after we died. He was inspiring, was alive, and he's inspiring even after death. That's a, that's a powerful thing. So what's your legacy going to be? That's what you need to focus on. What will you leave behind? You don't have to follow Kobe Bryant's footsteps. You don't have to follow anybody's footsteps. But you gotta walk. You gotta walk the line. Gotta gotta put your foot down. Gotta keep moving. Miami Heat and Jimmy Butler. That's not looking good right now, is it? That's not looking good. That... I don't know. Bam out of bio started off so good this year. Then it went through a little part there. We weren't playing so good. Then there's a little bit of injury trouble that he had for a while. And now they're all there. They're kind of all playing back the way they should be somewhat. But it's just not the same Miami Heat team. It's not the same team as last year. So I don't know. You never want to count. Jimmy Butler, I'll tell you that right now. Watching him in Chicago, 
people counted him out and then he proved wrong they started lighting it up now he didn't do it the way we needed him to in certain areas but that's okay because he, he blessed the city and made his uniform proud you know but I, I've been following Butler's career for a long time. And one thing I like about Jimmy Butler is that competitive nature. I see it in him too. I see it. I really do. He, he does. I mean, he looks to me. I don't know the man, but he looks like a humble guy to me. He seems like a humble man. I, I don't know him. It's not really on my agenda. You know what I mean? I'm just saying that I've watched this man play basketball for a long time. Jimmy Butler. Good. They call him Jimmy Buckets. Hell, that's debatable. Now he wasn't always hitting buckets. For a long time, he wasn't making jump shots when he came to the pro. So, he he's a lot better now, but he's still not a guy that's averaging 20, 27, 26 a night. Not doing it. You know what I mean? Just the other night, he was under 22 and a half points uh, on a bet I took. You know, I laying it on. Just sometimes it just it's that way with with guys. Shooters gonna shoot, you know. But the three point uh, game in the NBA now, the three point shots, it, it's oversaturated, oversaturated the game. Now teams are willing to sacrifice on that back end on defense because they know they can come and make it up on offense. And I don't like that part of the game either. Not very happy with that. I understand in like football, they have a way about that where you give up the yards, but not the points. But that's different, right? Because in basketball, you're, still, you're giving up the points. You're giving it up on the back end. You're giving up the points. In football, you you give up the yards. You don't give up the points. You don't win the game. Now, that is true. But in basketball, that's, you can't use that same approach. So that's why there's just a lot of things going on with the NBA that just don't make a lot of sense right now. And uh, the lack of depth at positions with talent is brutal, man. Brutal for watching for some of these games. Uh, Boston Celtics are looking good. They're quietly won four in a row. They're playing right now. I like Tatum. I like this Boston Celtics team a lot because I like their coach, Brad Stevens. He's smart as a whip. The dude is a, a freaking mastermind of this of the sport. So I'm really excited for uh, Boston Celtics future. They keep this core group together. But the problem, there's something going on with Marcus Smart though. He, I don't know, he's going through a hard a rut right now. Um, I almost thought they'd get rid of him. To be honest with you, that's what I thought because he wouldn't make he wouldn't make buckets. Um, so I don't know about that, but I mean, it, it works. It has a way of working itself out. I know they're moving down now in the future though, that the Celtics look really good to kind of reclaim some of that position in the East and not to drop the fifth. The Celtics are going to keep looking to move up after one and four straight. The Atlanta Hawks are quietly over. 500 and winning ball games. Trey Young's finding rhythm. Guys are finding rhythm all over. But ladies and gentlemen, that's all the time I have. Thank you for tuning in to Preston Super Show. You can find all my work on fancypreston.com. 
I am flipping the URL to oddmanout.com very soon. I will keep you updated on that. But as always, thank you for tuning in. This has been a great show. Glad I could do it for you. Bit of a longer one for you. Something to chew on for later. But just like the hands of time, turning it over to you. Good night, everyone.